you're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator. And he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. And welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and we're going to talk today about some retirement curveballs, some kind of hidden risks that you may not have really thought about, or maybe you thought about them, but not to the degree maybe you should. You know, it's shaping up to be a rather eventful summer as we kind of close things out here in the next few weeks. You know, the Delta variant for COVID is spreading and so does concern about possible future shutdown. And since this could impact our economic recovery, Jerome Powell, our Fed chairman, is being asked tough questions from Congress from both sides of the aisle as we experience market volatility. And, you know, summer's a time to react, to relax and enjoy the weather. It's also important to keep an eye on our finances. If your summer isn't busy, consider making this the season you plan for your future. While no one can predict the market or inflation or events like COVID, everyone can have a financial plan to help weather the storms that may lie ahead. So today, we're going to talk about your risk tolerance in retirement? What are market valuations like right now? Where can you invest and get return? What if there's a bear market in the next three or four years? Which I think is probably pretty darn likely. How can inflation hurt you? Inflation this year in the last 12 months as of released in July for the month of June, uh, we're at over almost five and a half percent of inflation. Prices, consumer prices are higher. And will be higher for a while probably. Now, I don't know that they'll keep going up at 5.5% per year, but they're resetting at a higher level. And then we're also going to talk about some things if you're looking at maybe selling a business or selling some property and capital gains exposure and what opportunities are you there. So we got a lot of great things for you today. Let's kind of dive right in. Are you taking on too much investment risk? You know, when you, when you move into retirement, you switch from a savings phase and an accumulation mindset to a distribution mindset. You're now withdrawing from savings. And you've worked hard to amass wealth. And one of the problems is the, the risk of, of sequence of returns. And all that means is when are the good years in the stock market And when are the bad years? Because if you have a challenging five or ten years at the front of retirement, it can be devastating if you don't have a plan to address that kind of a risk. You know, what happens in the first ten years of retirement? You know, if you live live for 30 years after you retire, 
What happens in the first 10 years affects 80% of your outcome over the entire 30 years. Think about it. If you have a big hit to your money early on in retirement because you need that money to last for another 20, 25 years, it can be devastating. It's not as bad as if you have a big hit to your money when you're 90 because you don't have to, the money doesn't have to last you as long when you're 90. So when are the good market? When are the good markets and when are the bad markets becomes critical. And let's look at this right now. How expensive are stocks? Are U.S. stocks? And the numbers are pretty alarming. Under any measurement, stock prices today are higher than at any other time in history except right before the dot-com bubble burst in 2000. Price-to-earnings ratios are in the, pushing the mid-30s. Um, now, there's different P.E. ratios. Some, most of them estimate future earnings. Uh, the, the best one that really tells us where we are historically and where we're likely to go actually looks at the last 10 years of earnings, inflation adjusted. Now remember a P.E. ratio, if it's 20 to 1, that means if you pay $20 for a stock, you can get $1 of earnings from that stock. So, you know, if, if you have to pay $35 for a dollar of earning, that's, that stock is a lot more expensive than if you have to pay $20 for that dollar of earnings, right? So when P.E. ratios are higher, that's telling us that stock prices are higher. Well, the P.E. ratio that looks at the last 10 years of earnings, which has been the best predictor, or one of the best predictors of the coming decade, the coming 10 years, it's at 37 to 1. The only time it's ever been higher was at, in 99 and going into 2000. It got up uh, close to 45 to 1. And then we know what happened the next three years. If I look at all of the stocks in the United States, all of the companies, and look at their current prices, that's market capitalization. If you add in the net value, the total value of all those publicly traded stocks, and how does that compare to the size of the U.S. economy? It's over 200%. I, I think that's the highest it's ever been. It may have been higher in the late 99. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I don't have that number in front of me. But those two measurements are as good as anything at predicting future returns. Now, you never know. And, and one thing we want to temper that with is interest rates are just historic lows. So, you know, the whole idea behind investing in the stock market, you're taking more short-term risk than you are with the bond market, right? Well, when interest rates are this low, you don't have to earn 8 or 9 or 10% per year to do a good bit better than bonds when you're in the stock market. You know, there's a risk premium there. Can you earn more? for the extra risk you take. And in the short term, it's a, it's a crapshoot, but in the long term, you should be able to. Well, with interest rates so low, stocks, even at their current valuations, are still paying a premium. So in other words, they're still, in, relative to bonds, they're still attractive, even at these types of prices. The problem is, when you look out over 10 years, it's likely to be pretty choppy. 
Now, I could make an argument that we'll continue to have booming growth. The, the level of innovation in the United States and really around the world is unbelievable. Medical innovation, energy, technology, science, it's really pretty remarkable. And that, that innovation could really fuel a, a new decade of growth that the markets really haven't adequately priced right now. So please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying gloom and doom. And the bond market, there's no question traditional bonds are dead in the mud. You just can't have much of a mix of traditional U.S. bonds, in my view, and be successful in retirement today. It's just not going to happen. If you have a 60-40 mix or a 70-30 mix, that's just not probably 30-40% traditional bonds. It's just not going to work because interest rates are so low. And, and remember, interest rates and bonds move in an opposite direction. So in other words, if interest rates are way down, bond values are way up. So bond values are at historic highs. You're buying at the high. It, it doesn't make sense to do that in the long term. So it's a tricky thing because bonds aren't paying anything. Stocks are very expensive. I do believe that the best way to beat inflation over the next 10 years is going to be a very, very diversified portfolio that includes more than just U.S. stocks with a little bit of foreign stocks and some traditional bonds. I mean, I think you need exposure in a lot of different kinds of asset classes. Things that, more things that if one thing zigs, another zags. So if one thing's like stocks or stock funds is way down, hopefully they're not all way down. Things like commodities, natural resources, energy, real estate. Uh, real estate can offer a lot of alternatives that are not highly correlated with the stock market. And yeah, commercial real estate's real soft right now, but not residential. So there are opportunities out there. Maybe not to get 8 to 10% per year over the next 10 years, but to beat inflation. The problem is how you structure income in the early years of retirement, you don't want to be living on the investments that are going sharply up and down. You know, think about it. If you're living on your at-risk investments, your market investments, inevitably they're going to be sharply down. I mean, bear markets are, are going to happen, as are bull markets. And you need to be invested in the bull markets. But we don't know when those bear markets are going to happen. But when they do happen, you don't want to be living on those investments because that means you'll sell them off and spend that money as income, you'll compound your losses. It'll never, ever come back because you've spent it. See, it's okay to sell it when it's down and reinvest, but you don't ever want to sell it when it's down and spend it. So in your income plan, you need to be living on your safe or stable holdings that aren't going wildly up and down. That way, you know, so you have to segment it like that. And it's critically important. I, I'd say the income plan is just as important as how you even invest your money in retirement. They're, they're both very, very important. But the income plan is so overlooked. And that's one of the ways to reduce the risk of retiring into the wrong decade. And when I look at the data right now, the likelihood is the next 10 years is going to be a tough decade to make money in investments. So you need to have a way to hedge that risk. One way is to not draw income from those investments in the short term. Another way is to be much, much more diversified so you don't take the risks 
you know, typically when we invest full on in the stock market, we're taking risks to try to earn 9 or 10% a year. But that's pretty unlikely to happen. We can't rule it out, but it's pretty unlikely to happen over the next 10 years. So understanding market timing and valuations and what's likely to be happening in the coming decade, not short-term market timing, but understanding the dynamics at play is critically important in a comprehensive financial plan. And understanding fundamentally when are you going to need to draw from your money and, and sequencing your money, sequencing meaning investing money based on that time horizon. That's one of the real keys of wealth management. You know, if you're 35, you should stay fully invested in the stock market. Because in 30 years, you're going to, that's, you know, the market has always performed. It does mean it will in the future, but it always has. But, you know, when you're near retirement, you don't have 30 years. You've just got to have more balance and diversification in the risk investments. Then you also need to have stability of income in the short term in those early years of retirement. Now, we have lots of information on our website for you to uh, pull. And if you go to broganfinancial.com and click on resources, there's plenty of information there. Uh, also, if you uh, go to broganfinancial.com and click on webinars. We've got a webinar coming up Tuesday night at 7 o'clock on Social Security election. You know, the Social Security election in the midst of this market timing stuff I'm talking about may, may impact when you actually plan on drawing Social Security. Because if you delay, which I'm a big fan of delaying if you can afford to, but then that means... Are you going to have to hit your savings pretty hard for income in what may be a very challenging decade in the markets? If you're drawing Social Security, you've got more time on your, on your side. So it, it, it's a critical thing. So we're going to be doing that on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. I'll, I'll talk for about 25 minutes and give a broad, quick, but deep overview of Social Security election. And then we'll take... 10 minutes of Q&A online. So if you want to find out more about that online webinar, uh, go to broganfinancial.com, click on webinars. We've got resources, we've got blogs, all of that's listed on the very top menu bar so you can get valuable information that can impact the quality of your life. Now when we come back, we're going to talk about the, 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 the silent killer of retirement income, and that's inflation. And that's, that and income taxes have been the two biggest questions I've been getting asked lately. So don't underestimate the power of inflation and the way it can erode your income and your savings in retirement. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. 
This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, We're on every Saturday, 9 a.m., again at 3 p.m., and you can podcast all of our shows. What are some of the hidden risks to being successful in retirement with your money? We're going to talk about inflation in this segment. Inflation, I call it the silent killer of retirement income. It's like cholesterol. You know, cholesterol is one of those things that with your health, you know, it kind of sneaks up on you over a period of years, and you wake up one day, you got high cholesterol, you got an issue. And if you don't contain it early enough, it could cause real cardiovascular disease. Well, inflation is the silent killer of retirement income, and if you don't address it, it could sneak up on you and call, cause diseased retirement wealth. So planning for the, 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 the reality of inflation is damaging. You know, I mentioned in that first segment, inflation the last 12 months is over five and a, almost 5.5%. Now, I expect it to come back down some. I'm not saying I expect consumer prices to come back down, but I expect inflation rates to come back down some. And if there are more shutdowns due to the Delta variant of COVID-19, then inflation may come down even more if the economy starts to shut down again. But in the long haul, we know we're going to deal with inflation. And when you look at the amount of government stimulus over the last year and a half, it's staggering. Would you believe that all the money, all the U.S. dollars that are in circulation today, almost 20% of those dollars were printed in 2020. It's astounding. And the Federal Reserve is continuing their easy money policy of printing money. And they're going to. They, he, Jerome Powell this week in front of Congress testified he's going to continue doing it for a while. I mean, at least through the end of the year. They're talking about when they'll start, ta- stop, start tapering, meaning they'll slow down how much money they're printing. Now, what you'll hear them say is they're buying U.S. Treasuries. Well, so they're doing bond buying. But what that really means is they're taking money and they're putting it into the economy by buying those bonds. But then those eventually have to be paid back to the Fed. So the Fed, you know, is putting more money out there and then they're going to have to bring it back in at some point. And that becomes a challenge to do. And the the policy really since 2007, 2008, 2009, since the Great Recession, we've had a lot of easy money policy. And that means there's a whole lot more dollars out there, which means you'd think over time that makes our dollars worth less because there's a whole lot more out there. Now, that doesn't always happen because it also depends on how fast that money's being spent. You know, what's, what's happening to that money? Is it sitting on the sidelines or is, it, or is it being circulated through the economy? It's called the velocity of money. So I don't want to get too technical today, but here's the bottom line. Inflation is a big risk in this, in, in this world we're in today in the future, in my opinion. Now I think increased income taxes is a bigger risk, is more likely to happen. But I think inflation is probably going to be a pretty dang big risk. And even if inflation stays pretty low, 
you know, two and a half percent per year, it still erodes and eats away at your at your life savings. So think about it this way. You know, I mentioned five and a half percent. Let's say inflation was three and a half percent. Inflation for the last hundred years has averaged about three. So let's say it was three and a half percent. Let's say you need $80,000 a year to live on in retirement when you retire, if you retire today. 20 years from now, in order to buy the same amount of stuff and live the same lifestyle, you'll need $160,000 of income. So what that means is if you're still at 80000 and you haven't grown your income, you've lost half of your income in 20 years. Right? I mean, if you should be drawing 160 and you're only drawing 80, you've lost half of your income. Another good way to look at that is in today, if you look at it in today's dollars, that's like retiring and being able to survive on $40,000 a year instead of 80. Think how that would impact your income. So the, the, the more common scenario is you earn money. You know, you can increase income some, but if you don't keep up with inflation, let's say that 80,000 grows to 120 in the next 20 years, but you need it to be 160, you've really lost a big chunk of your income. So this is a huge risk, and it can really sneak up on you. And then the, the challenge is interest rates are historically low, which means bond values are extremely expensive. And I mentioned earlier, stock values are very expensive. So how are you going to get return to beat inflation? You can't just stick all your money in the bank. Uh, so, I, you know, as I said, I talked about in that first segment the timing of where we are in today's world and how expensive the U.S. stock market is. And, and the international stock market's expensive, too. It's not as expensive as the U.S. market, but it is very expensive as well. So what do you do? Well, you've got to have growth, and I do think a risk portfolio is your best way to, to fight inflation long term. So you, you need to have money for growth to beat inflation. I, I, I guess ultimately I just don't want you to take excessive risks. You know, if I'm right, and, and this, which I, I think it's highly likely we have a choppy sideways market for the next 10 years in stocks. There will be some big market surges and there will be some big market downturns, but it will be kind of choppy and maybe 4 or 5% a year. A lot of people are projecting negative in market negative growth in the market the next 10 years. But let's just say it's 4 to 5%. Is it worth taking the risk of having all of your money in the stock market to make 5 or 6 4 5 or 6%? No. So you need more uh, that that doesn't mean don't invest in the stock market. But you certainly don't need to diversify into a heavy mix of bonds. And, you, and you've got a way to have a way to control volatility. Now, get a load of this. If you had, when we talk about controlling volatility, meaning you're not going up and down as much as the stock market. You have more hedging in your portfolio, whether it's more diversification by having other things that zig and zag, or, you know, however you hedge, you're kind of hedging for different market environments, and then you don't lose as much when the market is down, but then you don't make as much when the market booms. So you... 
you know, it's more of rolling hills instead of jagged mountain peaks up and down. If, if from 2000 to 2015, you had had, let's call it a 50-50 portfolio. And by the way, I had this study a while back, and I need to get it back up on my website. So I, I'm going to put this back on the website this week. So do come back. We'll also send out an e-blast. If you sign up for my newsletter, my e-newsletter, we send out something every week. If you sign up for that, go to broganfinancial.com, sign up for my newsletter. You'll be notified as soon as we post that, this 50-50 this, this portfolio. What that means, it doesn't mean 50-50 stocks and bonds. What it means is when the market's up, you get half the gain, 50% of the gain. That doesn't sound very sexy. But when the market's down, you take half the loss. Now, that sounds a lot sexier. Believe it or not, that portfolio, first 15, 16 years of this century, beat the stock market with a lot less risk. Because for that 16-year period, we had a very choppy market. So you actually, can, in a choppy market where you don't go up as much, but then you don't go down as much, because of the time it takes to recover from deep losses. It takes a lot of time. So if you don't lose as much, you recover more quickly. And that type of a portfolio in a choppy sideways market has the chance to outperform the overall stock market with less risk. A lot less risk in this in a 50-50 scenario. I mean, you're taking roughly half the risk. You're getting more, more return. Now, if I'm wrong and the market booms, well, you're going to lag the market, but you're still going to make good money. So you need to be projecting these kinds of things. You know, you should be, you should be projecting your future income in retirement and looking at that and looking at, you know, making some cautious assumptions for inflation and, and investment returns. Don't be gloom and doom, but be cautious. Don't be overly rosy either. You can kind of see, like we can run a scenario, a scenario and show you how, how much money do you have to make to, for things to work out well. What kind of return do you need to generate? And let's say it's not a, you don't need to make a ton of money. You need to beat inflation. But you don't need to make 9 or 8 or even 7% per year to do it. Well, then how, how much is it worth taking a lot of risk to try to generate a return that you don't need to be real, real high? Because I do see a choppy decade on the horizon. So all this can be developed, but it really needs to be modeled, meaning you need, to, you need to forecast future earnings and income needs and test it and stress test it different ways and then have a plan to stress test it, you know, where you can see on paper if there's a bad, you know, if there's a choppy market that first decade and you don't get robust returns, can you still do pretty well? But I think that risk investment, you just, you need it to beat inflation, especially with bond interest rates so low today. But it's just not worth taking an excessive amount of risk to try to earn what is likely to be, a, at best, a modest return. So be looking at the balance of your investments. Now, I talk about all of this in my classes. My next class for adult education is at Pellissippi State University. It's coming up here on July, the, or excuse me, August the 24th and 31st. 
two-part class, two two-hour sessions out in Hardin Valley, 6.30 to 8.30. Now, for that class, we're going to be both live, meaning, well, it's live for everyone. We're going to be both in person at Pellissippi, and we're also offering it via Zoom, virtually, if you don't feel comfortable getting out. I will tell you, I think it's more effective if you're there. But if you're not comfortable with that, or maybe you live in another market or it's you know too far to come, you can also attend virtually. Go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com, and you can download the syllabus. And I talk about all these things I've covered and more. But I talk about inflation risk. I talk about uh, I talk about the, the the timing of when you retire because you don't really have any control of that in terms of what the markets may do right after you retire. And many, many more things. Cutting income taxes, managing income taxes in the long haul, health care, Social Security election, all those things. So go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com to find out more information and to download a syllabus. Then I'll be at the University of Tennessee in September. You can get my entire class schedule at BroganFinancial.com and click on classes. Now when we come back, we're going to talk about what to know if you plan to sell a business in retirement. A lot to know. So don't go away. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And while I'm discussing challenges and hidden risks in retirement, I still believe with the right kind of plan, you can be successful. You've just got to balance risk appropriately. You've got to structure secure income in the early years of retirement. And you've got to have some balance and diversification so you don't take too much risk and end up being in a pickle if we've got a tough decade coming up, which I think is, is very likely with current stock market valuations. In this segment, what if you're going to sell a business when you retire? You know, as baby boomers retire, there will be more businesses for sale. If you're a business owner and you know you eventually want to retire, make sure you understand how passing down or selling your business works. Business sales are increasing as more baby boomers retire and the potential for changes to the tax code maybe partially driving it. I've had, just in the last 60 days, I've had four appointments with people here in East Tennessee that have contacted us at our office that are, that are going to be selling a business or selling something substantial. And it's a big deal. It's a great opportunity. Market valuations for businesses are as high as they have ever been. So when you think about things like residential real estate values, lumber prices, used cars, all of these things, business valuations are the same way for private businesses that are looking to sell. And in many cases, for millions of dollars. But there, there's a lot of complication with that. 
How much is your business truly worth? That's one of the biggest questions. And what are the tax consequences of selling your business? So let's kind of dive into that. First off, business valuation, critically important. Do you know how to value your business? Now, there are a lot of resources for that. There are certainly business brokers that do that. Now, that would be my analogy to a business broker who helps you sell your business would be similar to a realtor. You know, they're going to they're gonna compete and tell you what they can get for your business. Then you're going to list it, and then they're going to try to sell your business for whatever they can. And they're going to want to move it quickly. Are they going to get the best price? So they can offer value, but just remember what are their competing interests. And then, but there are other professionals, CPAs, attorneys, that can help you properly value your business. So that, and then are there some things you need to be doing in cleaning up to be able to get more value from your business when you sell it? So all those things are critically important. Understanding the market that you're in, what is, you know, what is the industry that you're in? What is a typical value, you know, valuation on either earnings or earnings after tax, earnings before interest and taxes? So it's all those things. So getting a good business valuation and then maximizing that business value as best you can. And that's where a professional team of people really, you know, if you're not sure what that looks like, you really need a team. You, you need a, you know, a business, someone who really specializes in valuation, which is going to be a CPA or an attorney. And then somebody, uh, you know, in my work, line of work that can really help you look at the, how it's going to impact your life. How are you going to produce income now that your business is sold? How are you going to structure, if you're drawing income from the business for a period of time, how do you structure it and give that business the, the highest likelihood of success so they can pay you that income? Or if you're doing an installment sale where it's being paid for over five or ten years, how can you structure things to give that that successive business the greatest chance for success because if it's not successful you're not going to get your payments i mean a, an installment sale is really like self-financing a sale they're going to pay you over time so what are the risks to that and and you know an installment sale spreads the the long-term gain over because you know somebody's paying you the price over five years instead of all at once you're not taxed until you get it on the capital gains so it can spread that out but you're basically self-financing that deal so are you going to get some kind of a return on that because they're not paying cash up front and while it's a tax benefit what's the viability of the business with you stepping away so see those are very important things and you've got employee stakeholders that need to be taken care of so just think through all that, and that's something we can help you with at Brogan Financial. We don't specialize in business valuations, but we do know people in Knoxville that do. And then dealing with the, the capital gains tax exposure. So right now, capital gains are still very, very friendly. Uh, capital gains, taking advantage of long-term capital gains is one of the greatest things the Internal Revenue Code provides for us, and that's at risk. Biden, Joe Biden, the president's administration is wanting to eliminate the long-term gains rate 
Well, raise it up to 39.5% for anybody making over a million dollars. That'd be the first time I'm aware of in history that the cap, there'll no longer be an incentive for investment for a group of taxpayers. Now, in this case, high, high earners. But once that, once that, you know, once that Pandora box is opened, you know, what happens later? And there's also talk of doing away with the step up in tax basis at death. And there is, this is a real risk for business owners. Or if you have a large farm. You know, let's say you got a small business and you're wanting to leave it in the family. You're wanting it to be multi-generational. You know, at Brogan Financial, that's what I want for Brogan Financial. I want a multi-generational business. Now, my kids, one's in college, one's in high school, and I don't know who they're going to marry either, so I don't know how that's going to work out, but that's our goal. Many of you listening, you want a multi-generational business that can go down to your kids. The problem is, see, if if... If your business is worth, let's just use round numbers. Let's say your business is worth $5 million. And your tax basis on that is $500,000. So you've, you've invested $500,000 in that business. It's worth $5 million. So you have a $4.5 million capital gain. Right now, when you die, if you die owning that business, you don't owe any capital. Your family doesn't have to pay any capital gains tax. And in this case, that's under the estate tax threshold as well. So your kids would get that business or that farm and not have to pay capital gains tax and more than likely no inheritance tax or estate tax either. Well, the Biden administration is wanting to do away with that benefit of step up in tax basis at death, meaning your kids would have to pay the capital gains tax and from everything I'm seeing, it would have to be paid not when they sell the business, but at, when they inherit it. Well, that's a $4.5 million gain, and if the tax rate goes to 40%, roughly, well, I mean, do the math on that. You're $1.8 million tax bill. And what if the you're not getting a lot of other cash assets? Well, how are you going to come out with the money to, buy, to pay the tax? So this is a big issue. Now, I don't think this is going to pass in this term. Because there's some pushback even in Democratic circles, especially from Democratic Congress men and women that are in small rural districts that have farm, people that own farms or, or small businesses. Um, there's a good bit of pushback. So I don't think it's going to happen before the midterm election. But beyond that, who knows? We don't know what Congress will be. So now is a good time to be thinking about selling a business if you think you might want to do that. Valuations are up. The economic climate is good for that. And the tax environment might be better today than it will be tomorrow. So if you need help with that, we can help. We can introduce you to the right professionals. And more importantly, we can help plan, help you develop a plan for what to do with that, those proceeds after you sell the business. Now, when we come back... We're going to talk about selling property in this real estate market. So uh, we're, it'll be kind of a short segment, but very valuable. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. You're listening to More Living. You can also hear us 3 to 4 on Saturday afternoon. We're at 9 and 10 in the morning. You can podcast the show on our website. We'll have it up by Monday, broganfinancial.com. And check out my upcoming class schedule. I'll be at Pellissippi State Adult Education, two two-hour sessions on August the 24th and 31st. And then I'll be at University of Tennessee downtown in September. We do have, I will mention, it's, it's down the road. It's in early November, but I'm doing a class on tax planning in the new age. I think that income taxes are very, very likely to be not only higher, but much higher in our future. I don't know if that's going to be in two years or five years or eight years, but I think it's going to be higher uh, a, a good bit, uh, or at least a high risk of that. So we're doing a one, it's a one-night class, two hours, on tax planning in the new age, and that is at Pellissippi State in the Hardin Valley location. You can get more information at my website, broganfinancial.com. Click on classes. Now, when's the, is, is this the right time to sell real estate? Real estate values are so hot. The only thing is, if you sell, are you then going to have to turn around and buy? And what are you going to buy? Because you're selling in a hot market, but you're also buying in that same hot market. Now, what if you sell and, you know, what if you've got a second home? Or you sell and, you know, you've got a solution where you don't have to buy right away. You know, how does all that work? Well, first off, when you sell your primary residence... You know, remember, you get a $250,000 per person exemption that, that is tax-free on the, on the home sale if you've lived there for two out of the last five years. So that's 500000 for a married couple. So you can make, for a married couple, $500,000 as a long-term gain, not worry about it. You know, even if you don't repurchase and reinvest, you know, buy a new home. But that's only for your primary residence. If you have another home, it might be a great time to harvest. Uh, but what are you going to do with that money? And what is the capital gain tax implication? So this goes back to what we talked about in the last segment on selling a business. Long-term capital gains today are probably more friendly than they're going to be in the future. But you have to have a plan to deal with that capital gain exposure. You know, I have somebody came into my office that's having a long-term capital gain on a piece of property, and it's almost all gain because the property was bought like 60, 70 years ago by their grandparents. And yeah, it stepped up in basis when they died and it went to their parents, but then the way that the whole thing was planned out, they're having to pay capital gains tax on almost the entire sale. Now we can shelter that. There are ways to sell and buy new real estate, uh, there's a thing called DST, Delaware Statutory Trust, where you can sell and then reinvest and passively own kind of like a private real estate trust, a private REIT, and defer that tax for later. But in this case, some of that long-term gain is going to be taxed at 0% when we kind of put together the tax return on top of what they did in 2020 and assume that for 2021 and then add it on the sale. Some of that was at 0%, a good chunk was at 15, some was 18.8, and then, yeah, some was at 23.8. 
But on a $790,000 capital gain, on an $800,000 piece of property, the tax was just not real problematic. And so sometimes there's some sense in, in going ahead and taking and paying the tax. Sometimes it makes sense to reinvest and passively own property. All this has to, is really part of an overall financial plan, though. Unfortunately, I'm out of time today. I do want to thank you for tuning in as we've discussed your wealth, because greater wealth provides for more living, so you can live the best years of your life your way. Catch all our shows podcast online, broganfinancial.com. Click on radio. Many thanks to Chris for engineering the board and for Jill helping produce the show. Have a great, great weekend. We'll talk to you next weekend. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.